Welcome back to episode 15 of Across the Middle Podcast. Bob, how are you this Sunday evening? I am doing great. I got a uh, full glass of scotch in front of me and I'm ready to uh, talk about some some football drafts. Good. Me too. Except I'm drinking a beer. I've been um, drinking some beers pretty much all day. What's a synonym for the word cat? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was uh, attempting to, uh, you know, target your manhood there, but it was just oh, a joke. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Because I'm not <laughs> drinking scotch tonight. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking a, a cranberry juice. Uh, you know, I'm in trouble when I'm attacking somebody from drinking alcohol about their manhood. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. You, what a weakling. Look at you. How much <laughs> ice did you put in your scotch again? Uh, too much, I think was <laughs> the answer you were looking for. Uh so we are covering the South, AFC, NFC South, going over draft recaps again. Isn't that right? <laughs> you, you bet your sweet ass it is. I know. Last episode, we were having some issues, at least I was, with uh, directions. <laughs> Directional <laughs> compass, I should say. And I didn't well, know if we were doing East, South, West. Well, you knew where we were starting, which was uh, true North. And yeah. uh, you thought. It, we're either going clockwise or counterclockwise, but mm-hmm. I, I was going as the saying goes, north, south, east, west. Yeah. So we're doing south, and we're going to start with the Indianapolis Colts. Awesome. Ooh, I'm looking, looking at our board. <laughs> we have um, a mistake on our end. <laughs> we have yeah, the Colts. Something, someone zigged when they should have zagged. That, is that right? <laughs> yeah, That no, that is not right. That should be Quiddy Pay. Should be that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who got a hold of this. Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, this is what I know. My daughter has recently uh, become real excited about my laptop, which lets me know I've been spending too much time on it. <laughs> Can she copy and paste <laughs> like a champ? Yeah, that's that's impressive. Um, <laughs> so they did not take Travis Etienne. They took Quiddy Pay twenty first overall, defensive end at a Michigan. More of like an edge guy, right? Yeah, he's he's absolutely an edge. Yeah, edge rusher. Who I actually watched um, a Penn State Michigan game last night, and um, he de- he definitely is like a, a raw talent wise. He's a mm-hmm. raw athletic ability who I think could end up being really good for them if he develops some of those skills. Um, but that they absolutely will need an edge rusher. Uh, I, I think he's probably someone that you won't see fill in right away, uh, or at least won't produce right away. I remember looking at his numbers and they weren't great, um, but he did have a fair amount of uh, like hurries and, and pressures. Um, so not a lot of sacks, but hurries and pressures. Yeah, I see him as as a uh, an unmolded uh, piece of clay. I, I yeah. think I actually think uh, he has potential to be great, but he's still in terms of the mental side where he, d- he doesn't really have a pass rush plan going in and his moves are kind of like, uh, I don't know. This yeah, is, we'll try this, this is what I'm going to do. I don't think he's quite there in terms of like the above the shoulders aspect of the edge, which honestly, that's a position where you don't, you don't really get asked to do much above the shoulder. So perfect no. spot for him. I'm not calling him stupid. I'm saying he's, he's seems inexperienced at it. Um, right. I, he's, he's athletic. He's already filled out 
in terms of having an NFL edge body. So I, I could see him coming in and getting a bunch of reps, whether or not he produces sacks at those reps, I, I would, I'd probably say no early on, but he mm-hmm. certainly has potential too with his physical skills. Yeah, he has it all. He just needs a little bit of coaching and some, some more experience. And then he could, like you said, end up being a really good player for the Colts. Um, the other guy they took, can you help me with this name? Um, Deo. They took him 100 or in the second round, right? Yeah. Uh, Deo Dangbo. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> uh, Impressive. Who's and also an edge rusher. Yeah. And he's kind of like the opposite version of Quiddy Pay. At least that's what I was when I was doing research. That's what I found. He's he's unathletic, but he's he's good and average at a lot of things. So whereas Quiddy Pay probably has a um, a low floor but a high ceiling, um, I think Deo has a low ceiling, high floor. I think he still fits what New England, uh, not excuse me, not New England, uh, Indianapolis tries to do. Um, he's he's long. Um, they they usually like length uh, with their guys. I, I think he's pretty twitchy. I don't think he's unathletic. I think he's he's pretty average for it, though. I don't think he's you know ex- you know he's not exactly a a keg sitting out there just holding right. down for the yeah, run. Six five two eighty five. So yeah, I, I think he's pretty. Guy. Yeah, I think he he could end up being you know the better edge rusher when it's all said and done, I mean, he's, I think he could be Quiddy pay. Isn't exactly a home run automatic. He was taken first round 21st overall. If he was a home run, he would have been, you know, a top five pick. Mm-hmm. I like, they, they went, um, they went tight end, uh, Kylan great Granson. Yeah. Did they, I do, do a good job. Granson. Yeah. Granson. SMU tight end. He's six three. Um, he he reminds me a lot of um, like a like a halfback fullback type. He's he's a little bit undersized for a tight end, but he is good at yards after the catch. Uh, Dalton Keene is is my comp for him, who the Patriots drafted last year, who played for Virginia Tech the year prior. Um, that that's who I see as like Granson. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I didn't really do any research on him so hopefully it pans out well, let's skip him. i got I, I got nothing for you <laughs> sean davis safety out of florida who's a box safety and his uh his his flaw is he it's not a great tackler <laughs> yep so that, that typically doesn't pan out for box safeties yeah, typically not for the box safeties. Free safeties, you still get those people drafted. I think yeah. uh, Grant Delpit actually out of LSU, who the Browns drafted, was his biggest flaw was that he uh, showed lack of motivation when it comes to tackling. Understandable. Tackling is is challenging, I guess. But you get paid to do it. You better get out there. And uh, yeah. if, if Sean Davis will be playing in the box for the Colts, that's going to be an issue. Um, then Sam Ellinger... Not great. Uh, I, I remember watching a lot of Texas games, not overwhelmed by his throwing ability. He's a decent runner, uh, but he's not great by any means. Um, anyone else in the Colts draft stand out to you? Um, Sam Ellinger is definitely the one where you go, ah, eh, it's a sixth round pick. Yeah. 
he took not? a flyer on a quarterback, which I personally don't love their quarterback situation. So why not, you know, throw a wild card in there? But yeah, as far as my belief in him as a quarterback prospect in the NFL, it's very little. I, I don't have faith that he'll become anything. But I wonder if he's going to make the team because they do have Eason there who, I mean, he could play some games depending on how Wentz does. So I guess yeah. we talked about this last episode, how this draft is is light on prospects. So really, you know, six, seventh round guys are typically UDFA guys. And Sam Ellinger, in my opinion, talent-wise, is, is a UDFA guy. I agree. I, I don't I don't think he's got the arm talent or the anticipation i don't i don't know i don't like him like if the browns drafted him i'd be pissed so yeah that should probably tell you how i feel about him who's your favorite pick by the colts because i don't i honestly don't like their draft i don't really love their draft either but quitty pay i actually like him as a prospect um i i think them taking a quarterback in the sixth round when i think about that just as the way I phrased it there, I love that idea. Why not take a, take a risk, you know, quarterback could pan out six, six round quarterbacks could be the greatest of all time. They could, Um, they could, that'd be a stretch, but they could (laughs) be somewhat productive in college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, but then I hear the name associated with the pick and I'm like, yeah, I I just don't, I don't really like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like the Colts should have addressed O-line um, they have a need at tackle, and they took a guard in the seventh round. So I, I don't know. I don't really like their draft. Quiddy Pay is my favorite. Yeah, I'll go Quiddy as well. Uh, I don't like their draft at all. And grade wise, I'm giving it a C minus, which I think might be one of the worst grades if I can recall from last week that I gave out. Yeah, a C is an average, by the way. So he just went one tick below average. Um, For me, a yeah. B is average. When, we're, when I'm grading, I'm grading a B as an average. Yeah. I, I don't think you're alone when it comes to making tiers, but when it comes to grading, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like it. I think they did okay in the first round, and maybe they had uh, Eddie Yingbo rated higher than I did, and they mm-hmm. went for him in the second, but eh, I thought they should have drafted a corner and they needed a tackle and they didn't address really either of those positions in this draft. Quiddy pay. I like though. I don't know. This is a D for me. A D. Wow. They could have also went receiver. Uh, They, they, they have a need for a number two receiver, depending on what you think of Michael Pittman or not. I think he has potential, but to say that they don't like, they could have easily taken a receiver and probably, bit much better off or like you said take it taking a um offensive lineman like a tackle yeah receivers actually that's i'm glad you corrected me there that would have been huge spot for them to draft as well yeah um as bad as their draft was i thought the jaguars had a great draft and uh we won't spend much time on trevor lawrence because everyone and their mother knows who he is and how much we we love him or at least i do um but generational guy i think one of the things i do want to talk about though is when when you do have the first pick in the draft it 
really, really pays to get one of these generational guys. And this doesn't obviously happen a lot. There's a once-in-generation type player. But the last time a player like this did come out was Andrew Luck. And then there were some other players that um, Kyler Murray was was arguably um, a, a top quarterback who was taken first overall. Um, and then there were some others in the past as well. But I I've usually find that, like, if the first or if the best player in the draft is taken, it's not a quarterback, um, then it's like, what are you doing? So the fact that the best player in the draft was a quarterback is incredible for the Jaguars because they absolutely needed one. Yeah, I think uh, Trevor Lawrence was absolutely the pick they should have made. He's he's one of those people types of prospects. If they didn't go with him and they went somewhere else, everyone would have just been like, what the bleep are you thinking right to second guess yourself that hard um but since we're not going to spend too much time on it because it was obviously the right pick should we give them credit in terms of these grading and the way they tanked last year like they yeah. tanked to get him they traded away key pieces absolutely to get them. yeah I, I thought that was really smart it's how i build my dynasty teams like I, if sure. i'm not gonna be good I trade my assets for picks and try to make my team worse to get a better pick overall. Like Anyone who knows you, Hoover, knows that is an accurate statement. <laughs> yeah, I'm either tanking, I'll be the worst, or one of the best. <laughs> There's no in the middle for me, usually. No, the middle is a graveyard. That's where people yeah. go to die. Get me out of there. I want to be known as the worst player of the year or the best. <laughs> so... <laughs> Do you think people still like, you know, kind of scoff at the notion that tanking is bad? No, no, I, I don't. You I think don't, people I don't have even come understand around. the people who do. I, I don't. We'll never understand it. That there are some people that we know who are like, oh, you got to go out and try hard every time. That's BS. Like, you got to be good for the franchise, and in order to be good, you have to be bad in some instances. And this is clearly one of those. Um, I, I just don't even understand it personally. I don't even understand the, the argument for the other side. I, I think the issue comes from people and where they put themselves in the organization. Like if, if people are saying tanking is bad, they usually imagine themselves as the player because Players don't tank. Players go right. out there and play hard every game. Right. And the people who go, yeah, obviously tanking makes sense. It's the oh, okay. way to go. To yep. They think of themselves as in the, the yeah. at, not as the player, but as the organization and what the team should do. Mm. If, you, I, if you've I, ever played I think anything of it as the GM. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on your side. But there are a lot of people who hate tanking and think it absolutely corrupts the sport yeah i don't get it uh, it doesn't corrupt <laughs> my sport <laughs> who cares i i'd be interested to hear uh what jaguars fans think uh, yeah, obviously they're probably not upset that they have the first uh, overall pick and they got trevor lawrence and i'd be no. interested to hear what jets fans think and whether or not they wondered uh, if they should have tanked harder Agreed. And, um, uh, you know, my philosophy, and I mentioned this briefly, but if you're not like a, if you're going into the 
2021 season and you don't think you have a top 10, 15 team, then you should try to be a really bad team yeah. so that you can get a high pick. That's my philosophy. The Patriots obviously didn't do it. And now they're in this situation that I was annoyed with. Um, but that's just my philosophy. I, I do want to go back really quickly on the first overall picks in the last 10 years, uh, really quickly, Sam Bradford. So that's a pick that like the, the draft wasn't incredibly strong. Cam Newton, that was a strong draft. Andrew Luck, strong draft. Eric Fisher, horrible. Javian Clowney, I thought it was a bad pick, but he was easily the best player of that draft. Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, two bad players in a row. Miles Garrett, he's working out for you guys. Baker Mayfield, he's working out for you guys. Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, and Trevor Lawrence. So it could have been a bad draft. It could have been a Jared Goff draft. It could have been a Eric Fisher draft or Sam Bradford draft. So luckily for the Jacksonville Jaguars, they get Lawrence. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I usually root against all Florida teams with a couple exceptions. Uh, okay. One of them being the Miami – or excuse me, not Miami – <laughs> I don't refer any Miami team. Joke's on you guys. Uh, the oh, Orlando Magic. Um, oh. I went to games a lot as a kid. My dad used to take me to the game. So I, I, I love the Magic. If I had to have a team in the NBA, which I, I don't watch because it's, 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 it's tough it's for me to watch the NBA recently, uh, yeah. it would be the Magic. Um, and then as far as the NFL goes, and the three Florida teams, the Jaguars is like the only team I don't root against. So uh, I love that they got Trevor Lawrence and he's supposed to be the savior. Um, Cause I, I would like to see them be good. Yeah. I would love to see them be good. I'm moving down to Florida. I am planning on attending some of these games. They better be good. I can't wait to see him in person. This could be fun. I love that urban's there. I love this, the direction of this franchise. I'm fired up for the Jags, personally. Uh, with their next pick, Travis Etienne, I remember I was at the draft party, Bob, with a bunch of Jaguars <laughs> fans, and they were pissed. <laughs> they yeah. were so mad. It's like they they understand the value of RB, not taking them in the first round. Uh, the Jaguars did end up taking Travis Etienne, or some are pronouncing it Etienne. Etienne, I believe is correct. Okay. So you, you do Etienne, I'll do Etienne, because I don't know sure. what's more. Right. Let's keep the uh, the uh, yeah. listeners guessing. <laughs> I this is this was my favorite running back uh, out of last year's class, but he didn't come out last year. He's decided to stay in college one more year with Trevor, come out this year, and he's my number one running back in this year's class as well. And the thing that I love about Travis Etienne is that he can do everything you he can catch he can run it up the middle he can run it on the outside he's like he reminds me of a significantly better version of lamar miller who's kind of like a one cut back but if you get him in space he can juke a guy by making a like a, a crossover move if you will basketball related but a crossover move and then going deep uh I, I, he, he's he's in my opinion one of the best running backs that we've seen come out since probably Barkley. I, I think that is uh, some pretty high praise. I, I don't think that highly of him last oh, year. Wow. If he would have come really? out last year, if he would have come out, I, mm-hmm. I probably would have been as high as you are on him. But 
I don't, I don't know why, but this, this last year in college football, I, I wasn't as impressed and maybe it's because he had some fumbling issues and Clemson didn't seem as, as much of a, you know, a, a threat as they did in years past. They kind of, mm-hmm. they had more hiccups. I felt like last year and, and Travis Etienne was sometimes, uh, you know, his fumbles caused some of those hiccups. I, I don't know. I, I, I do think as far as the running back prospects go, I really like what he offers. And I think his style of play really fits into the current NFL, you know, what they're asking of their running backs in that position. And yeah. I think actually in uh, rookie OTAs, having him play slot receiver receivers is smart because Trav, uh, Trevor Lawrence his shoulder, he's not handing the ball off in uh, rookie OTA. So what the heck is ETN going to do? He's not getting handoffs from the number one quarterback. So why not receive passes from him? At least that's something that will be realistic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it isn't, if, if he's not going to hand the ball off or and just run the ball, like it makes sense to have him do something. And if he can go out in the slot and, make moves and just learn different routes. I think that's incredibly valuable uh, for a running back to do. The only running back that I see that do that consistently is um, McKissick, who isn't somebody who's great, but he's, he's a utility type player. And I think Travis Etienne is great. And he can, if he can also be a utility type player, that's, that's awesome. Um, Did you, did you hear about these rumors about them wanting Kadarius Tony at all? Yeah, I think I even mentioned it maybe in the last pod. Maybe okay. it was off the pod before we started. But yeah, uh, Urban Meyer, I think, came out after the draft and said he was heartbroken that uh, Kadarius Tony was taken. I was kind of shocked. I felt like that was not something a seasoned NFL vet would say. I think they, yeah. <laughs> most of the time they keep that stuff under wraps. Like the standard coach speak is, Oh yeah, we got our guys. I can't believe yeah. the draft fell exactly the way we wanted to. So every slot we got the guy we wanted. They, they are quote unquote Jacksonville Jaguars all the way. High character. Mm-hmm. Most of the time people don't say that. So to have him come out and say it, I thought was actually refreshing, but also dumb. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't love it for Travis Etienne, but Oh, well, <laughs> he's on the team and he uh, needs to work hard to keep that job, obviously, with James, Rob- James Robinson, who had a great year last year. Yeah, Carlos next Hyde pick, is there too as well. Yeah, Hyde. Their next pick was Tyson Campbell, <laughs> cornerback out of Georgia. And he's a bigger corner. He's 6'1", 193, and he's smooth. Uh, five interceptions in his final year, and he's a great tackler. The only thing that I, when I was doing some research on is that he just needs some more reps. Uh, his, his instincts are a little questionable, but otherwise he has the uh, tools to be a really good corner. Uh, yeah, he's a five-star guy coming out of high school. Um, I, I like his physicalness. Uh, Georgia corners usually come out being extremely physical and then they get... Yep flagged a lot for it and uh, sometimes they learn technique to get them away from that and sometimes they don't uh so 
I, I, I really like him as a prospect. If the Browns drafted him, I would have been excited because I think he could end up being somebody who is, you know, a pro bowler. He's that type of athlete that he's, he could be one of the best corners in the league, but he also yeah. could be somebody who just never quite gets it once he's not able to just keep his hands all over you the entire mm-hmm. route. Um, and he could flame out. Um, but at 33, I like it. I thought at 25, they, they could have gone the safety, uh, Mo Rick and, Oh yeah. So he was still there at 33 and I was like, wow, that they were so fortunate. I can't believe they didn't have to take him at 25, but um, they ended up going secondary, but not that particular player or position, but, but I, I don't hate it. I think it's a little bit of a reach, but considering the caliber of athlete that guy is, I get it. Mm-hmm. The, the draft party I was at one in Mo rig pretty bad. They were like, yes, we're going to be able to get him. I can't believe it. And then, Obviously didn't draft him. Um, they could have got him in the with this first pick, the second round too. They didn't do it. That's what Tyson Campbell was. That's what I was saying. Like I thought at thirty three because he was still on the oh, board. Oh, I thought you said twenty five. Right. Well, no, I I thought they should have taken him at twenty five, but he was still mm. there at thirty three. Like, yeah, I wonder why. Uh, I thought they slipped. got lucky. Because I because if the if it was flipped, and Trevor Lawrence was the first overall pick, and then at twenty five they took Mo Rig. And then yeah. at 33, they took Travis Etienne. I'd have been like, yeah, that's perfect. Way to go. You didn't take him in the first round. <laughs> Just one but they could have done the exact same thing, but then uh, Travis Etienne would have had a fifth-year option and he would have been a first-round draft pick. But they ended up doing something slightly different. And uh, because they went in the first round, in my, in my head, I know I shouldn't dock them for that, right. but I am going to a lot. It's funny how perception works, doesn't it? Uh, it's it's really dumb when I say it out loud, but I'm still gonna do it because, I mean, come on. Uh, their their next two picks, really quickly, Walker Little, uh, tackle out of Stanford, and, and you mentioned Tyson Campbell being a five star prospect. Walker Little was as well, and yeah, he he had a really strong sophomore season before tearing his ACL in 2019. And then he opted out of 2020. So this is a, a type of prospect who had a decent freshman year, a great sophomore year, and then never saw the field again. And uh, here he goes, taking in the late second round. Tremendous value if he can, if he has that type of talent that that got him to Stanford in the first place. I agree. I uh, my sources tell me that. This is a guy that, as far as physical characteristics, is he's right up there with anyone who you'd take in the first round, even early first round. His feet are phenomenal. His his body in terms of arm length, uh, height, weight ratio, uh, all that stuff is is, three thirteen. He's he's a prototype. Um, But the fact is, he he hasn't even really played an entire season's worth of snaps at at tackle, and so right. He's extremely raw. Apparently, he's been working out this, you know, the whole time he opted out. But it, it's different than playing a full football season and actually getting game reps. So, um, yeah, he I might think, need to sit out a year and then jump in or get a lot of reps in practice somehow. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the fact that they franchise tag Cam Robinson, um, maybe Walker Litter comes 
Walker Little comes in and he shows that, you know, he could possibly, after a year of tutelage, step mm-hmm. in um, and they can let Cam Robinson walk. But if not, maybe they see, oh, Mr. Little isn't up to the task and they end up signing the deal. <laughs> it's funny how his name last name is Little, but he's complete opposite he's a, he's of that. He's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's huge. He might, he's like as big as Nate Solder was coming out of college a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andre Sisco, the safety out of Syracuse, was their next pick. And speaking of guys who had really productive sophomore years and then got hurt, this is one of those type of players as well who tore his ACL early in 2020. Then he came into the NFL draft and from my research, he's a play, he's a playmaking ball hawk ball hawking type safety. Reminded me a little bit of uh, Reggie Nelson, who was under Urban Meyer as well uh, in Florida, that way back in the day. And uh, if Andre Cisco could be anything like Reggie Nelson end up being for that for the Gators, that would be awesome for the Jaguars. And they wouldn't even need it, Mo Rig. Yeah, I think. From the tape that I saw, I watched a little bit of him, not a lot of it. Um, he's the type of guy that if you're only watching the highlights, you're like, we just got the best safety in the draft. This yeah, guy he, is he, a freak. He's going to get some interceptions quick. Um, but if you watch all of his uh, lowlights, and he's got a bunch of them. You this guy, is, he's... he's uh, He's one of those guys, he, he gambles a lot on his reads. Uh, sometimes he makes interceptions, and sometimes mm-hmm. he lets somebody go for a wide-open touchdown. Um, but he, he, plays, uh, he plays pretty fast. I don't know if you get the right coaching. Maybe he, he sees everything he should see and then lets the other stuff go. But right now he sees everything, and he goes after everything, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. Interesting. I, I like the pick. Um, no, I like the pick a lot, too. Yeah. For, for to getting be able in to the third just... round. He's got potential. He does. A- any of these other picks stand out or something you want to talk about? Um, I think uh, Jay Tufalele. I want to say Tufalele, but I know it's not Tufalele. <laughs> um, out of USC. You're asking I, the I wrong like, guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, like, I like the depth in the interior. I think... Uh, going Jordan yep. Smith on the edge. I think they they still needed help in the front four of the defense. Um, maybe not starters because they're young and they should develop, but getting depth is good. So I'm that going that direction later in the draft was smart. Uh, Luke Farrell is uh, in the sixth round tight end out of Ohio State was actually somebody uh, Urban Meyer had while he was coaching there, you know, oh, cool. his entire time. So I think that was kind of cool. I know yeah. he'll be he'll be probably the least exciting tight end in the preseason for Jacksonville, seeing as they got a former first rounder at tight end now. Oh boy! Uh, granted, he was drafted at quarterback, but he is a former first rounder starting for the first time at tight end. Um, and so, I don't think you should take that away from him. <laughs> no one game I watched recently, just for whatever reason, was the. Um, the Denver Broncos uh, AFC wildcard game versus the Steelers. And didn't that go to overtime? It went to overtime, first play overtime. Tebow slant route to Demarius Thomas, 
was 80 yard touchdown. It was a slant then, route you and I could make. It was it was <laughs> wide open. Wide open. And then Demarius Thomas stiff armed him and just turned on the Jets and was gone. And then Tebow sprints down there and does his Tebow prayer that everyone did afterwards. And oh I Tebow Mania was was something else. And uh let's hope it's not a distraction for the Jaguars. I don't think it will be personally, but let's hope not. Yeah. Oh. Um he, he likes to take a knee. Not every other quarterback in the league at that time like to take a knee, but he does like to take a knee. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Just got to do the Tebow. Yeah. Who's, who's your favorite pick for the Jaguars? Um, I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence out of the options for Me us too. because that's a gimme. Yeah. They did a really good job tanking, which we already talked about to get him, but that – that was the only way they could go with the first overall pick. So out of the other ones, I like both of their second rounders, Tyson Campbell and Walker Little. I think both of them could be busts and both of them could be pro bowlers. Yeah, obviously. I like Walker Little. And they, there's there are ranges of outcomes in between, but they just have wide ranges. Yeah, high ceiling guys who I, yeah, I like. I like, I, I like Walker Little personally. Uh, it's it's funny to me how Urban tapped all these five star high school players. It's like, <laughs> ooh, this is kind of like like yeah, scouting recruiting. and recruiting a bit, <laughs> just yeah. a little bit different. Um, so I, I like Walker Little a lot, and then I give the Jaguars an A. And this isn't just because we have a lot of Jaguars listeners. I I love their draft, and I loved at Travis Etienne uh, for that pick as well despite my philosophy not taking a running back in the first round, I think he's my favorite running back in a long time. So I think it's a great pick for the Jaguars. And then I like what they did in the uh, second and third round also. I think if I gave them credit for tanking, which gave them Trevor Lawrence, and then they didn't draft Travis Etienne, I would give them an A plus, but okay, I'm going to still give them credit for tanking to get them there but the Travis Etienne will dock them to an A minus an A minus for the running back. Pick. Yeah, I almost want to go B plus. Cause I feel like Don't that's that. a huge mistake, but the fact is you, they got you, Trevor Lawrence and most other draft boards, 31 of them. Other draft boards don't have Tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence on it, which is old uh, W T L William Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I forgot. I thought you were doing like a WTF, but like a WTL, like, variation i was like oh where is this going (laughs) Uh, you've got me wtl i'm on the hook i'm listening (laughs) Uh, go right on ahead and finish it well i'll try to segue this wtl for the texans because they were the worst draft as long as i can remember it's like they punted the draft for these proven uh NFL stars, but they just didn't get the stars. And they had two third round picks. They took Davis Mills and Nico Collins. And then they just, in my opinion, punted the rest of the draft by taking Brevin Jordan tight end, Garriott Wallow, linebacker, Roy Lopez, defensive tackle. This this might be the worst draft in a very long time. I don't disagree. This is a terrible draft. I don't even... <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. First of all, Davis Mills, bad pick. 
for, it, for it depends on the perspective of where you're going. Uh, I think they think he's going to be a starter for them. I know. And they're going to be That's what I'm worried horrible. about. Stick with me really quick. So they draft a quarterback with their first pick, which is in the third round. They know they're going to be bad. They know that he won't make a difference. They know they're going to be the worst team, and they're going to have to take a quarterback again with their first pick next year. So why do they take Davis Mills? Why not take an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, a linebacker, anything but Davis Mills? I'm I'm with you. I get it. So dumb. So dumb. But what if? Oh, what if they don't trade away Deshaun Watson? Then why did you draft Davis Mills? You don't need. Well, maybe maybe in the third round they just really liked him, and they think Deshaun Watson, with all his legal trouble, will will be at some point in the season not available to play, and so then you. You really like Davis Mills, and so you play him, and he ends up being as good as you thought he was, which is better than a third rounder. Deshaun Watson's not gone, so next year, not not this upcoming season, but the right. season following, Deshaun Watson is your starting quarterback still and for the, the for- foreseeable future. But Davis Mills has played because you had to play him, and he's not bad. Then he's worth a first rounder. Yeah, I uh, I appreciate that thought, but no. That's the only way I can make that make sense. And the only way that you do that is if you have a an already proven quarterback who you know is going to be suspended for a couple of games. Yeah. Well, if he is convicted and convicted rightfully so of the things he he's been accused of, good for good for him. I th- I hope he gets punished accordingly. Yeah. Um, but if he's innocent, then I I hope everyone just forgets about all those uh, crazy masseurs. <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't love the pick. Uh, one of my no, I agree picks with you. The draft. They and have Nico... they have needs everywhere, and their first they one they went quarterback. Um, they'll dress early on next year. I mean, if if you're if you're going by the philosophy you draft the dress the best player on the board and that's just the way the draft board fell it's i still feel like there should be some sort of like oh positional position of need plus plus 10 on the board here but maybe they think that's position of need and he is a first round grade guy i I don't know Uh, it's it's hard because the you know you're going to be bad, so you're probably going to get the first, you know, at least a top three pick next year. You're yeah, Spencer, probably yeah, going to be drafting going to be the starting quarterback for the one Texans of the best quarterbacks next year. And it's, if you're not that bad, it's because Deshaun Watson was able to play and he was, you know, acquitted of all his crimes. Yep. In which case, you don't need a quarterback. So you spent the your first pick. Granted, it was in the third round in this draft. <sighs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So that's why this then, is one of the worst drafts. And then Nico Collins, right receiver out of Michigan, who he had a lot of potential coming into Michigan, and he had some drop issues. He is doesn't really do anything great 
he's a bigger receiver, which I do like. But after do, watching countless numbers of games on him, I just wasn't blown away. Uh, Donovan People Jones was his uh, counterpart for many years, and Donovan People Jones is much better than Nico Collins. Yeah, and Donald, uh, Donovan's People Jones went in the third round, or excuse me, in the sixth round, three rounds later than Nico yeah. Collins. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the Nico Collins pick. I had him as like a sixth or seventh round receiver, and they took him in the third round. He had a pretty good senior bowl, if I recall. I watched a lot of the one-on-ones, and uh, he, he actually did pretty good. But in one-on-ones, when there's no help and you're that big, he is a big body guy. Yeah. You're probably going to win a lot of jump balls, and you're probably going to be able to, you know, like a basketball player, box a lot of people out for position. So I don't know. I, I like their their next pick though. It's probably my favorite of their picks. Brevin Jordan. Let's talk about him. At tight end out of uh, Miami, Florida, he is very athletic for the tight end position, um, but not exactly polished. I mean, he's not a slam dunk. He went in the fifth round, but I like his potential to be a great tight end. And tight end is a position when coming out of college into the NFL. Usually you need a couple years of seasoning to be properly marinated. And uh, I think he's got the pedigree to become a good to great tight end. Um, So I I like that pick in the fifth round. I don't love it. I don't, I just don't (laughs) like, I don't like tight ends who are six, three. When has that ever worked out? I hear you. Um, who was the guy for Washington that was pretty good and he was smaller? Chris, Chris Cooley. Nah, Chris Cooley was, I think, when he was, he was at least six five. It was after Cooley. Uh, go on, I'll look it up. I just the the, the track record for tight ends who are shorter than who are six three and shorter is just not not good at all. Uh, Brevin Jordan had some spurts of excellence. He had a productive junior season uh seven touchdowns last year year prior two touchdowns then four and he's not really yards after the catch kind of guy he's just hogs at the middle of the field gets the catch and falls down and he's not a tall receiver the guy i was thinking of was uh jordan reed if he would have stayed healthy and never had injuries you would you'd feel differently about his career if he he was yeah jordan reed every year but when he was on the field, he was a he was a good tight end, and he was only six two. Yeah, he was also a. Speaking of Urban Meyer, he was a, a quarterback, for a little bit there, at um, Florida. The other one who kind of fit the same mold as Jordan Reed, who was also a Washington tight end, was Niles Paul, who was like the poor man's Jordan Reed, suffered from all the there same stuff and was just not as good as Jordan Reed. Revan Jordan is Niles Paul. <laughs> Any, no, let's let's do let's say he has potential to be Jordan Reed if he stays healthy. He could be better than Jordan Reed. I'm not saying that. No, 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 no. I'm saying it's, that. Okay, you could say okay. that. Jordan Across Reed the was middle, much, we'll much not better. Tweet that out uh, in our public uh, <laughs> official Twitter account that we don't have. But but I'm saying that. Okay, you got it. You, you oh, tweet that out of your Twitter account. I can't wait for the millions of fans to bash me on that when he becomes something <laughs> even worse. <laughs> this guy thinks Brevin Jordan's going to be Jordan Reed. 
I don't even know why people listen to that podcast. <laughs> Those guys are such idiots. Uh, speaking of idiots, Nick Rosario, first draft. He used, he used to work for the Pats. Know him well. As a, not personally, but know him well. Uh, as a fan. And maybe this is why the Pats have been so bad at drafting over the last five years. Because he's on a, this track record for being a, a bad drafter so far. Actually, is, I feel like what he did in the offseason minus the draft was kind of like what the Pats did often, which was just yeah, sign like more people than anyone. And they're all in in terms of roster quality, that 30 through 52 on the roster. So he's yep. he's got 60 of those guys. Yeah, I like that. I actually like that strategy a lot. And they did uh, that with the Texans. Yeah, they're, I like it. Their like roster 25 through 52 is maybe better than anyone else's in the league. Yeah. But the problem is their roster spots one through 24 <laughs> are maybe worse than anyone else in the league. Hands and, down the worst. Yeah. And so, especially if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, if Deshaun <sighs> Watson doesn't play, this is there. Is there, do they win a game? If yeah. Deshaun Watson doesn't play. Oh yeah. Yeah. They win a game. You Davis know, the, Mills the is going to tear it up 500 have, uh, yards. Gone a perfect season in the opposite direction, and the Browns have gone a perfect season in the opposite direction. You don't, you don't see the Texans going a perfect season in the opposite direction if Deshaun Watson doesn't play. I think they win one game. There's 17 games now, so the the level of difficulty is even harder to go. You're you are defeated. right. Uh-oh. They would be the first team to ever lose that many games <laughs> if they somehow did it. I don't think it's possible. I'm I'm more optimistic than you for them to to win a game, but well, it would as, be quite the accomplishment. As someone who took a AP statistics, I can tell you it is possible. Whether or not the Texans do it, I don't know. <laughs> That's a humble brag. How nice. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't pass the AP exam. Okay, I did. I got a three. <laughs> uh, Texans. Uh, if we're grading, wait, no, we got to give our grades. Texans. I know. If we're gonna give, if we're grading, we're giving them an F. Yeah, this is this is the worst draft, in my opinion. So it's an F. Worst draft in the history of drafts. I don't, I'm not going to go that far. I'll I'm say out of these 32, it's by far the worst. It deserves an F. They, they hey, failed. Texans, in the burn draft. the picks because that's essentially what you did. Uh, Titans <laughs> drafted Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech with 22nd overall. This guy had so much buzz uh, all last year and in going into the draft. And then he, he had what, a back issue? Was that it? Yeah. I think back I think issue. He actually ended up having back surgery, lower back. Okay, low back surgery. We know that's obviously scary and could destroy careers. And I mean, that would be a cause for him sliding to 22nd, right? Because I mean, he's a top 10 talent player or at least top 15. I I thought his tape was the best corner tape. I liked him better than uh, two in uh, top 10. Yeah, I thought I thought he was the best corner in this draft in terms of his tape and his physical skill set. Um, so yeah, I had to put him somewhere in the five to 10 range if there was no injury. 
it's too bad. Like that sucks. I hate when players are so talented and they get injured and then they're they're just not it's it's just disappointing. Like it's like this guy has all the potential in the world to be a, an elite player. I mean, he still can be, but the fact that he has this back issue fell in the in the draft likely won't be as good as he is projected to be or once was is incredibly discouraging. I mean, it's not it's not the first issue he's had with health. He did tore his uh he did tear his ACL in 2017 and he had a back operation before the season in 2019. Now he's had another one to correct it. So there's a fair amount of risk involved. I get it. But yeah. if if the guy is healthy w- when it comes time to play the season, he is a steal to get him at this point in the draft, in my opinion. But if he's not, then the Titans just made a huge blunder again because last year their first round pick uh, essentially went up in flames. Yeah, it did. I think it was like the 21st pick too. So this is around the same range of could go wrong. The Titans Titans were in the conference championship game last year or two years ago. Oh, they were, yeah. They yeah, were, no, it was closer right. to like 28, 29 yeah, 20, range. 28, 28. That's right. Um, and the next pick, they took Dylan Radon's, the tackle out of North Dakota State, who I actually watched a lot of because I watched a lot of Trey Lance. And I was like, this guy <laughs> looks familiar. Radon's, that name sounds familiar. And I, um, I was watching him, and he doesn't like ever mess up or do anything bad. And that's the exact thing that you want out of a tackle uh, position. The only thing... Uh, only question for concern, I guess, would be is that the North Dakota State team never passes the ball. They primarily run it, so there's not a lot of yeah. passing snaps in his career. So that's a concern in terms of experience. But the the good news is he just doesn't really mess up, and he's a solid player who you're going to be able to plug in there, and he'll, he'll get the job done. Uh, so he could be at least average at worst. Yeah, I think um, he's not quite fully filled out. I think he's still a little undersized in terms of weight. I think he's not even cracked the 300 pounds barrier. Wow. Um, but he's very close. He's like 298 is what he was listed at, at at some thing. It could have been his Pro Bowl, or not Pro Bowl, excuse me. It could have been his, uh, um, what Pro do day? I think it of? Pro Day. Thank you. Um. But he is, he's a beast. He looks like he doesn't have a single pound of fat on him. He's, he's very muscular, musculature. Mm. Uh, so I, I like him. I think the Titans definitely seen as they whiffed on their first round pick at tackle last year, they still have a need there. So this is a good pick. They, they run the ball a lot. So I don't think it's a great fit for him. I think he would have done better in a in a passing scheme, even though he came from a program that was all run heavy. He's he's still kind of light in the wares to really move the needle and yeah. push people and get into he can get to the second level, but I, I don't know what that's worth when you're playing the tackle position. You usually don't know, ask those guys to pull a lot in the run game. Yep, uh, agreed. Uh, I like the pick for them, especially since they, the last year's pick, Isaiah Wilson, flamed out for them. And, and then their next pick, the Titans, was Monty Rice, linebacker out of Georgia, who 
I don't really know much about transparently, uh, but I know that Georgia typically has really good running or linebackers and he wasn't someone who ever stood out to me. Uh, his strength is that he's, he's quick. He's a little bit undersized. He's six foot two thirty eight, And I, I think in the way that, you know, the NFL is going, it's better to have an undersized linebacker than oversized. So that's some potential. Yeah. He's, he's somebody that flies around. So, you know, you'd get somebody like that in the third round, a linebacker who could potentially start for you. Um, I, I don't mind the pick. They they lost um, was it uh, they lost one of their inside linebackers who was more of a coverage guy. So I think he could potentially come in and replace them, Got replace it. him. And then Elijah Molden, uh, we have listed at cornerback slash safety. He's like one of those Lamarcus Joiner safety in the box slot type players, right? Um, yeah, I could see him being kind of more like a Buddha Baker. That's that's Ooh, more Buddha. of the comp, like a poor man's Buddha Baker. So that, okay. that's actually I'll, I'll just jump ahead. That's my favorite pick by them. They got him, you know, later in the third round, Elijah Molden out of Washington. And I think best case scenario, he ends up being somebody like that, which is potential pro bowler. Yeah. That would be incredible for them. I uh, he's 5'9", 192. and I love taking these slot corners uh, on my team. I think it, it, every at most teams in the NFL today have uh, at least three receivers on the field. So to get Elijah Molden that that late when he's uh, arguably a second round talent is incredible value for the Titans, and that they've nailed these middle middle drafts with Monty Rice, who we'll see. Elijah Molden is today's NFL type player. And then Dylan Radons, who I like a lot as well. Any of these last picks stand out to you? Uh, Richard Weaver's one I'd want to touch on. We're, we're skipping their middle or their first fourth round pick. Uh, Des Fitzpatrick, a wide yeah, receiver, receiver out of Louisville. We don't have a lot to say. So we're going to skip that one. Uh, yeah, Richard Weaver is an edge out of Pittsburgh and um, Pittsburgh's D-line was their strength of their defense, and he was opposite of uh, Patrick Jr., who went earlier in the draft. But I, I think he's comparable. I know I, I mentioned last pod that Pittsburgh had the worst pro day of any pro day I've ever seen. And so mm -hmm. I, I honestly think that's the only reason he slipped this far, because if you just look at the tape, he's easily a late second, early third type of player. To get him late in the fourth is is great value. Um, whether or not his pro day is exactly what he is, or the tape's more indicative of what he is, is yet to be seen. But yeah, I think it's, it's a pretty good gamble in the late in the fourth round. Who's your favorite pick? You said it was Elijah Molden. Elijah Molden, yeah, he was the guy that I really wanted the Browns to draft, but. Um, to get him in the third, good pick. Then I like uh, Dylan Radons. That's my favorite pick for the Titans. Fills a need. Solid player who I think isn't going to, like I said, mess up. I'm giving the Titans a, a B plus. I like their draft. I like their draft a lot, too. It's an A- minus for me. Ooh. Could they have done anything different? Like, why is it a A- minus and not like an A+. Plus or... Um. That's a that's a good question. 
Uh, for me, it's I, the Caleb Farley pick who I'm. It's like risky. I'm, yeah, it's just risky. And to not get a failing on last year's first, I feel like they should have gone safe with their first I, round pick. But like, I, I do take into account positional value and I do take into account like where they're drafting. Like, I think it's harder to get an A plus if you're drafting at. 25 than it is to draft at five because you're likely you're more likely at five to get somebody who i consider elite and in which case you you did better in the first round than you did at 25 yeah and so to get an a minus at uh pick 22 was their first pick like i think that's really good but i don't i don't know if that necessarily means they won the draft like I'm still comparing them on the same scale as the Jaguars who are picking first. Like, right. So I don't know. Uh, who's draft you like better? Because I'm going to ask you your favorite in this div- division. I think you gave Jaguars and the Titans both a minus. Did I give them both a minus? Yep. Who's your, who, you have to pick two. Who's For what your they were giving without a doubt, the Titans. Okay. I'm going to go Jaguars. I like their, their draft better in the middle rounds as well as obviously what they got in the first round. Yeah. I mean, worst draft you're not wrong. Texans. Yeah. Yeah. Worst draft was the Texans. Um, <laughs> the, the Jaguars draft will help them more than the Titans. So that's probably the right answer, but yeah, uh, from where they were at 22, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Jaguars is probably the right answer, but I'll stick with the Titans for now. You stick with the Titans. Let's, let's be a little bit different. Um, moving on to the NFC South, the Tampa Buccaneers take Joe Tryon with the 32nd pick, an edge rusher out of Washington. He's 6'5", 259, and he opted out of last season. So only played two seasons in college, and his best season is nine sacks his sophomore year. So he was on the up and up in terms of production. But he's a he's a bull rusher type uh, edge rusher as opposed to like a speed guy yeah. or finesse. I think he nailed it. That's exactly what I think too. He's a he he didn't play last year, so it's hard to really know exactly what he is. But in terms of mm-hmm. what he's been previously, he he was more of a physical freak and you know bigger bullying guys with the bull rush. He had he has size the length, the explosiveness, but uh, we haven't quite seen it all come all together to be somebody drafted higher in the draft. So he, he went 32. Um, yep. Washington, I think we mentioned it last pod, even with uh, uh, the interior D lineman who opted out of last year. They, I don't know. They could have been, they could have been so much better. I, don't know if been, they, I doubt they would have been national champs, but they could have been so much better. They could have been. If, if the yeah, guys they just opted talent. in. Damn that West Coast. The Pac-12 the Pac- was just The funky. Pac-12 just effed us, man. They did. Yeah, they, they screwed up. Um, I, I, I think about the, the Buccaneers and what they should have done. And um, I, think, I, I think it is smart to address the edge position. Like, it's a reason why they won the Super Bowl. They were all over the field harassing Mahomes. And I love doubling down on strength when you're a, a really, really good team without much holes. 
I agree. I think their edge position is a position of strength currently. And I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an organization is returning all of that strength. They're the mm-hmm. first Super Bowl champs to have 22 of 22 starters returning for the next season. That's amazing. It is actually a really cool stat. I agree. But, or actually not, but no, but at all. I think they're <laughs> two defensive edge rushers was kind of like that's where the cliff started they didn't they didn't really have anyone in my opinion that was great behind them their rotation wasn't fantastic so so to go for somebody like joe tryon out of washington and potentially you know have a little bit more of a rotation or if you know knock on wood an injury happens i i I don't mind that at all yeah, I like it a lot for them. I don't like this next pick, Kyle Trask, quarterback out of Florida. And he was a guy with a ton of weapons, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony, who we already talked about a little bit. And he had a, a good season, numbers-wise, but I don't think he was great at by any means. I don't think he was a good quarterback, uh, like talent-wise. Statistically, he was, but talent-wise, he was not. And to take him the second round to hope that he's going to be the the next in line after Brady is something the Patriots have tried doing for the last 10 years and was always a bad and throwaway pick. So I don't like this pick for, for them. Um, I think as far as where he went for Kyle Trask's sake, second round seems like, yeah, that was the tops of where he could have gone. I do think he was probably a third round QB prospect, but uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I, I don't know. What do they really need? Even their first round pick was just depth. So to, to take a chance on someone like Kyle Trask, who in terms of stats, which I know doesn't really matter. And, and I, mm-hmm. I preach that and pound the table it doesn't matter in, in terms of efficiency and all and other statistics, but in terms of stats, he was just as good as uh, Mac Jones in the SEC um, in the regular season. Obviously uh, in the bowl game, he was atrocious, but if you take that game out and just look at it, it's not that much different. And to get him at pick 64, as opposed to 15, it's worth the risk. Are you trying to make me mad with Mac Jones? <laughs> Uh, I'm not, but it is the argument. It's the argument for Kyle Trask is somebody who compared similar to him, granted better than him, but, but not by that much more. Went Kyle Trask. Was that a good pick for them? Was it a good pick? Yeah. I feel like you're just playing devil's advocate, but you, you know, it was a bad pick. So, uh, quarterback or anytime one of those or you know somebody from that position was picked i feel like it's a highlighter position you highlight it and you go this is either we're either going to look back and so that was yeah. a waste or that was the best pick in the entire draft yeah and so the fact that they went that at 64 okay he he was probably out outside of the top 5 quarterbacks in this draft he was, in my opinion, the safest number six. 
I'm not saying he's for sure the number six because there was mm-hmm. probably other guys who could have been even higher when it's all said and done because of their potential, but he was safe at number six. And so I don't know. You're taking a risk at the back end of round two for somebody who could be worth a second rounder or even a first rounder in the future. I, I don't know. It's not that bad. You I didn't have we'll, any needs. I guess we'll have to see. I don't love Kyle Trask. Uh, any of these other picks stand out to you or anyone else you want to talk about for the box? Cause I honestly don't know any of these people. <laughs> um, go ahead and rattle the names off. I do have one person I want to talk about. Robert Hansey quarterback. They took two quarterbacks. Is this right? No, that's not right. I switched it. Um, That was a typo. It's he's an interior offensive lineman. It's Robert Hainsey out of Notre Dame interior offensive. Riley Riley got a hold of your keyboard again, didn't she? (laughs) I I gotta tell you, monkey see, monkey do. (laughs) Jalen Darden, receiver. KJ Britt, linebacker. Chris Willicks, corner. Grant Sturrid, linebacker. Um. So yeah, out of out of all those, the only one that I go, wow, that was, I, he was one that I had like a star next to or an asterisk next to that I was like, man, the Browns got him. I'd be pretty pumped. Was Would it be, Darden? You want to take a guess? Darden. It was, yeah. It was Jalen Darden, the wide receiver out of North Texas. Ew. Ew. I know you like your boys big and big and long, but. It's uh, 5'8". guy's. <laughs> I know, but he's a prototypical slot speedster. Oh, no. That guy flies. To take a risk on him in the fourth round, I would He's going to be I a special teamer. He's going to be a special teamer. He's going to I love return it. punts and kicks. Oh. That's it. He's got legitimate speed and quickness. I, I do actually think he could be nothing in the NFL. If I'm being honest, he could be nothing. We could never hear the name Darden ever again when it comes you to You will. This. He's going to return punts. <laughs> but but he could be something. Like, he could be actually something. And so to take a risk in the fourth round for somebody with that type of speed and that type of production. Now, I know his body type is the <laughs> the worst. He's 5'8". Yeah. He's, he's a pencil. But he flies. He does and fly. I, I did watch some film on him, and he's a fun highlight guy to watch. I'll give you that. He flies. I, I, I just like the risk. Now, I know at best he's the fifth wide receiver at Tampa Bay this next year. Uh, but I don't know. You'll, you'll see some highlights of him. It'll probably be like two all year, but they'll probably yeah. be touchdowns for 50-plus yards because that guy flies. Um, good luck. Good luck, Durden. <laughs> I'm rooting Street's for you. On your side. I, I'm I rooting against the Buccaneers, but I will be rooting for Darden after making that statement. Yeah. Um, when I look at this draft for the Bucs, I don't – I hate what they did in the middle rounds. Two quarterbacks, a receiver, a linebacker. Wait, what did you a, say? Did you say two quarterbacks? Oh, God, I forgot. <laughs> this Robert Hansey guy screwed me up. Hansey? <laughs> That, that man's name is Hainsey. <laughs> I'm so bad at pronouncing names. It's so funny. There's an I in there. Haynes. <laughs> uh, whatever. 
the Bucks draft sucks. I give it a C. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is a pretty average draft too. I'll give it a C. Yeah, uh, Joe Tyron is my favorite pick because Obviously, I don't like any uh, of the other ones. Uh, I like the uh, Darden pick the most, but okay, Trask like has the returners. <laughs> Trask has the potential to be the both both the best and the worst pick um depending on how things play out all right let's let's blow through these next as quick as we can uh the falcons took kyle pitts who i absolutely love and um i think is another one of those generational players i keep talking about and there's a lot of options they could have done here i think if i were the the falcons personally and it would have been uh, questionable for at least Falcons fans. I would have taken a quarterback. Um, I would have taken the fourth best quarterback, whether that whoever felt would have fallen to me. Um, in my in my book, I had uh, Fields second overall. So to get Fields at four would have been amazing. And I would have let him sit behind Matt Ryan for at least a year or two. So that's what I would have done. Um, but if they're not going to do that, then I think they took the best player in the draft, who is Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I think Kyle Pitts is a blue chipper. Um, yeah. He's definitely, in terms of positional, like where he stacks up against other tight ends, he's elite. He is by far the best tight end we've seen in a while. So he's a blue yeah. chip. Um, I think you're going to be hearing about him early in his career too. I I still think when it comes to positional value, tight end is lower down the spectrum. But 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 it's it is one of those things when you have an elite tight end, it doesn't seem like it's not valuable. <laughs> like when you watch the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey's going off, you go, oh, tight end. This is clearly one of the most important positions in football. Yeah, because he's going off. But then when you watch uh Tennessee versus Buffalo. Uh you go, okay, so the wide receivers catch every ball and the tight ends just stay in line just some of the time. Block, yeah. And then other times they go out and become decoys. Like, okay, all right. And so to have somebody at the position that's truly elite, which I'm gonna go under the assumption that Kyle Pitts will become that person the Falcons just made the right selection. But if he doesn't become that and he just becomes a good tight end, which is still for his position, okay to be drafted in the first round. But if he just becomes good, not elite, mm-hmm. it is a terrible choice at pick yeah, four. Terrible pick. Agreed. Yeah, he has to he has to hit because tight ends I, I don't think are first round type talents typically and uh, Kyle Pitts is a blue chip player so I think if he's going to be legendary my hope is that he will be but for the Falcons I think you have to take him there at four if, if that's the assumption yeah um, and the year prior too um, you think about the 49ers in the Super Bowl with the Chiefs both two of the top tight ends so tight ends are definitely a difference maker when they're only elite Otherwise, they're just average, and then you can fill in any any tight end, really. 
Their next pick was uh, Richie Grant, safety out of UCF, who is more of an instincts type safety, not super quick, but he's good at reading the defense. And when I was looking at where he plays, he kind of plays everywhere for them. He played in the box a lot. He played free safety, so he moves around. He was even blitzing a lot. So he's a, a positional guy who, who might fill in for Keanu Neal. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Richie Grant, I think, would actually, that's exactly where he's slotted to play in terms of filling in for somebody who left during free agency. Richie Grant's more of a, you know, run defensive kind of guy, but but he also, I can remember watching in the senior bowl and he did really well in one-on-ones as far as the coverage grade. So, did he? yeah, I think Keanu Neal, that's where he really struggled uh, later on in his career, which is actually funny. His His best grade in terms of coverage was his rookie year and then he got worse and worse uh, uh-huh. as he dealt with injuries i'm sure that had a lot to do with it but uh i think richie grant will probably yeah he's going to be a plug and play guy in that uh strong safety kind of I, I don't know if he'll play super box for them but he could yeah he could i like that pick for them and then their next pick was jalen mayfield who is a tackle out of michigan and he's somebody who is 6'5", 320, and he's really good on his feet. He's just not very talented. I think he has the body, the frame, the tools to be a good player. He's just somebody who doesn't have it all together just yet. So to take him in the third round, that's the, that's the perfect type of project that I like uh, when building a team is to take an offensive lineman who has the physical ability to be a great and a starter, but somebody who just needs some uh, coaching and some tools. Yeah. I I like that pick a lot as a third round because I I can remember before the draft seeing him in a lot of first round mock drafts, like late in the draft, like as a tackle. But I, I, I think he'll end up being kicked into guard. And I'm guessing that's where the NFL saw him as well. And that's why he fell all the way to three. I don't think a lot of the teams saw him as a true tackle. I think he'll end mm-hmm. up possibly starting year one at guard for Atlanta. Um, and I, yeah, I, I don't think he's elite in terms of his instincts, but physical tools, he's he's got it all. So he could end up being a player. Yeah. And then they went Darren Hall corner, Drew Dahlman center, Taquan Graham, defensive tackle. I'm not even going to try if you want to go for it. That's definitely wrong. Okay, we'll, we'll say it's wrong, but that's better than I would have done. Avery Williams and then Frank Darby. Anyone that you want to talk about out of that group? Mm, nope. I did cool. not look at that group ahead of time and none of them stand out uh who's your favorite pick in the draft must be kyle pitts kyle pitts or Jalen mayfield would probably be my top two okay i'm going to go uh kyle pitts as well and i give the the falcons draft i like their first three rounds but uh I, like you said their fourth through seventh is people that i don't know um and didn't stand out to me as as good picks. 
So I'm giving the Falcons a B. I'll give them a C minus. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Okay. You think if they would have went Justin Fields at four, it would have been a little bit different for you? I do. Yeah. Okay. If they would have went quarterback, I would have rated higher. Okay. Uh, another team and that should win. Go I ahead. don't think that's anything against Kyle Pitts either. I, I don't think he's necessarily wrong at four, but quarterback has the potential to change in the next 15 years of your franchise. Whereas if Kyle Pitts hits, but they don't have a quarterback behind center, he, he's probably going to be somebody that most of the uh, average Joes on the streets don't even know who he is. Yeah. Agreed. And if he is elite, he's going to be elite for seven to eight years. Yeah. Cause tight ends don't have a, a long shelf life. Um, the Panthers, one of the biggest head scratchers in the first 10 picks, JC Horn corner out of South Carolina, who's, who's freaking awesome to watch. Like he's a physical guy. He, he has every possibility of being the best corner in this draft. And he was taken as the, the top corner, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I just thought they should have went quarterback. Like if they would have taken Justin Fields with their weapons, oh my gosh, this would have been incredible for the Panthers. But for some reason, I think they have different plans and they took J.C. Horn. Yeah, I don't, I didn't love J.C. Horn at eight personally. I, I definitely didn't think he was the best corner uh, in the draft, and I didn't think he was the second best corner in the draft. So to have him be the first corner off the board was, eh, okay. I, I, I get that he may be the best in terms of a specific scheme, which is press man, but the Panthers ran like one of the least amount of press man defensives last year so it doesn't even necessarily seem like a fit so I, I don't know I don't love the first pick but I don't hate the player I just I just don't like him at eight and I don't like him there there's somebody who historically has always been able to get good corners late um because they they used to play a lot of zone and for some reason they like went against that completely and took one of the top 10 who um, they probably should have taken. If they were going to do anything, probably should have taken Patrick Sertan. So interesting move by them. But I do love this next pick, Terrace Marshall, a lot. A wide receiver out of LSU, who I mentioned this last pot. I think the Packers should have taken in the first round. And I think he's a first round talent who end up sliding to the second. And amazing value here. I like I like him, uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. a lot, and in the second round, I think what was it? Was it in our uh, community mock draft? I said this guy's a lock to be in the first round. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like him. I think he did have <laughs> some sort of health issue come out where something about his knees were wasn't quite a hundred percent. I don't know for sure, so I won't uh, spend too much time on that. But no, there, there as, was some some rumblings about it, but yeah, I, I don't I know what's come it. of it. I don't know if I love it at the with the Panthers. Like the, I mean, he, he's not going to see the field year one. They have Robbie Anderson. He's going to have to fill that void. Robbie Anderson is though on a, a his last year of his contract, so we'll see what they do with him. 
but like, I he love doesn't it. exactly fill the Curtis Samuel void. Oh no, definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. I, I know he played the slot, and so did Curtis Samuel. But Curtis Samuel did a lot last year, uh, you know, because of other injuries on the roster. He he actually played running back quite a bit last year. Uh, I don't I don't know if he does all of that. I don't, but he should still see the field quite a bit, and it should be a you know, a rookie season that he could learn a lot from and, and then build off of in years to come. Yeah, he, he has, he was the top receiver coming out of high school when he did come out and he has these incredibly raw skills, big receiver, fast receiver, good after the catch. Um, but for many reasons, wasn't the number one receiver at LSU, mostly because of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. But last year he really, shine and it was his his time too so the this this is a player who has a bunch of upside potential and uh, could end up being the number one receiver in the future and then their next pick was brady Chris christensen who is a big tackle out of byu he's 6'6 300 pounds and will likely move to guard because he's just uh he's kind of like a statue not, not super so? nimble on his feet yeah yeah i mean that's the research i saw is that Moving him to guard, big guy who doesn't move well. I think they'll start him out at tackle. Yeah, just he graded out at a for PFF as like one yeah, of the top two or in eighty-seven. Yeah. yeah, he had one of the top two or three grades at tackle position. I I know that BYU doesn't see the same type of competition that uh, other tackles see on yeah. a week-to-week basis, but I I, I feel like they'd be doing. Uh, Mr. Christensen a disservice if they don't at least try him out there and they have a need at tackle not that they don't also need offensive line help on the interior but I feel like he could he could potentially fill in he He could could. be their swing tackle he could be a swing tackle I I like a tackle who can play guard or I guess a guard who can play tackle depending on how you look at it so it's a it's a good pick I'd love the third round offensive line pick I always I will. So um, the next pick, Tommy Tremble, tight end. I believe he played for Notre Dame. I don't know much about him. I, he he didn't is stand the out to me. best blocking oh. tight end in this draft. He actually uh, could be the next Kyle Zuzek. Oh, that's cool. That that's valuable. He he is a uh, he is not the tight end that's going to play out in the slot he will okay so don't draft my fancy team no he's the tight end that he's going to be in motion all the time you're going to see tommy tremble in motion and then he's going to go out being the leading blocker in running plays interesting yeah interesting mr tremble the blocking man i i actually i if he fell later in the draft, I didn't want the Browns to take him in the third round, which is he went like a six uh, round third overall. He was, yeah, nah, I would have been happy with him in the fifth, but not in the third. Yeah, no. Okay. I also wasn't happy with who we took in the third either, but that's okay. Well, the next pick for the Panthers was Chuber Hubbard, who if he already went out, uh, if he already came out last year, he would have been arguably a second, third round pick. He did not. And he had a really bad season last year. So hurt his draft stock a lot. And he's a running back who 
is just kind of a guy, in my opinion. He didn't really stand out, do much to me. He's not going to see a lot of the field with, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. If anything, he'll play as a backup whenever McCaffrey, if he ever gets hurt, hopefully not again. But this is his value as a backup running back. Um, That's about it. I think fourth round is the appropriate draft spot for Mr. Chuba Hubbard. Um, I didn't didn't like him as much as you did. I, I know we went over him in the fantasy podcast episode that we did and you liked him more than I did. So I won't, I won't touch too much on him, but yeah, the next pick uh, Davion Nixon out of Iowa, which was their first fifth round pick. Uh, I think he's, he's a guy that could play the three technique and offer a lot of depth for Carolina. I know they're really young on the defensive front, so you could actually see him quite a bit. I think next year or years to come. I like him. Interesting. Uh, anyone else from this that you want to talk about? They took a long think, snapper. That's cool. <laughs> I know. In this <laughs> late in the sixth rounds, I, I I'm gonna dock at least a half a grade off that. Okay. Or a, maybe not a half and a third of a grade since you know you do a plus a a minus. Yeah. Really only three. I'll get a third of grade off of that. But uh, would you get a you, you were AP physics or? math or something statistics 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 is what i referenced (laughs) it it was showing there it was it was senior year first period and uh yeah i didn't show up all the time uh dante brown six first sixth round pick out of alabama was actually one of yeah actually he's the only other one i really want to touch on he's a guy for alabama he was great at guard um but it's I, I don't know if it's because he was at Alabama. Like, you know, you're at Alabama and you're surrounded by four other offensive linemen who are all probably yeah, going to play in doing the their NFL. Job, looking you great. don't have to help that much. And oftentimes, the times you need help, somebody's going to be available to help you. So I don't know. I, he dominated at Alabama at the college level. And to get him at the sixth round, somebody who did dominate at the college level, I mean, it, it's a good a good pick in the sixth round as far as I'm concerned. He's he's a physical, big guy to play guard. You get that in the sixth round, you can't be upset. Absolutely. I love what I'm hearing with him. Uh, I, I don't – what are these teams doing? So we, we discussed last pod a, a kicker being taken in the fifth round when they could have taken a guy like Brown. Who just yeah. you don't know it. I mean, who knows? It's just the lottery tickets, but to get a potential starter, I think is incredibly valuable. Um, who's your favorite pick for the Panthers? Uh, in terms of value, now I talked myself into a little bit of Don Deontay Brown. But... I think you might have me as well. <laughs> um when I look at the whole draft, the name that sticks out is Tommy Tremble, because I'm every single time I see him in the NFL like it when he's on the field I'm gonna go oh that's that guy from Notre Dame he's a blocking tight end so I'm I'm, I'll say Tommy Tremble but at (laughs) he's my favorite in terms of the guy I'm gonna root for the most but Mm -hmm. in the third round he's he's far from my favorite pick in terms of value my uh my guy is Terrace Marshall Jr. who I think is a first round receiver love him uh Wish he would have went somewhere else, but Panthers got a really good guy. 
And then I'm giving nice. the Panthers a C minus. I don't love this draft. I think they they had 10 picks, so it's hard to like not find some picks I like. But I'll give it I'll give it a, a C plus. Okay, a C plus. We're we're being quite critical of the NFC South, but I don't think they did a good job. So therefore I can be. Uh, the Saints picked Peyton Turner with their 28th pick and edge rusher out of Houston, who this rem- this is like shades of Davenport to me. When I was watching some highlights on Peyton Turner, um, I think it's his first name is Gary Davenport, who went who he was the uh, edge rusher who they took early several years ago. Marcus Davenport, sorry, Marcus, who they took years ago. Um, I don't I don't love this pick for for them. Peyton Turner. No, I, I agree. I think it's one of the biggest reaches. Yeah, he is 6'6", 268. Looks like he can play everywhere. Um, but PFF had him as a second-round grade. So interesting that they that they went in that direction when they could have taken a, a receiver like Terrace Marshall. They, were, they have a need for an outside receiver as well. They could have addressed the line or a cornerback position. So interesting move by them. And then their next pick after that was Pete Warner, who's a yeah, linebacker. I, I know. I think the Saints actually, uh, we touched on a little bit with the Texans earlier in the pod. I think the Saints have one of the worst traps also. I don't know. I, do, I don't like really what they did. Peyton Turner, if he turns out, you know, I'm sorry. That's terrible. Let me change the phrasing of that. I don't want to do that bad of a pun. Well, really uh, quickly, he, he played for Ohio State, so you know him pretty well. No, I was talking about Peyton Turner. Peyton oh, Turner. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Pete Werner. Yeah. I think second round as far as uh, Pete Werner, it's a reach. Uh, I like him a lot, and he was my favorite linebacker this last year in terms of reliability and knowing that you were going to get the same guy every game and he was going to do his job. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily the most, he wasn't the most skilled. I think uh, Baron Browning for us was probably the most skilled, but Baron Browning also was probably the guy I wanted to blitz more because of he was more physically gifted um, and he was more physically imposing also. Uh, Pete Warner's, I, th- I think he tested out okay at his pro day, but I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't see him as a second rounder. I thought, I thought he was more of a fourth rounder. Yeah, he he kind of looks like it from his highlights. He just looks like he's not a an NFL linebacker. He looks like he's one of those old school linebackers who might might has have the instincts, but definitely not the athleticism. And then do think, uh, they t- do you think? Hold on, go do ahead. We're. Do you think it's hard to judge um, certain positions and certain players uh, when they're white? Because he's a um, he's a white. I know this is probably a little touchy issue, but oh, he's a white linebacker, and so it's hard to label him as a freak athlete. But he did test out pretty good. Like he um, tested out pretty fast and pretty agile, but. But because he's white, do you think we think like he has not as much upside if, if say, we didn't know what color he was? No, no, no. Because I think there are white linebackers who are really quick and 
who are, are, are lighter that I like. Um, but I just don't like I, – I, in today's NFL, I don't like linebackers who are bulky. I like them to be more like When you safeties. say lighter, do you mean a caramel black man? <laughs> <laughs> lighter on their feet. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh. Oh yeah, yeah. I, you can uh, tell it's past eleven. <laughs> yeah, I I ended up having two glasses of scotch. Oh, good. That's smart. I like that. Yeah, move. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna sleep good tonight. Yeah, you will. You're sleeping like a little baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I don't like the linebacker build. The um, we, we talked about this with the AFC South, and I believe it was unless I'm getting the names or the who is it? Oh, um. Who's a linebacker out of Georgia who I liked? Who's who's a speed guy? You like Garrett Wallow? No, no. Uh, Monty, oh, Rice. Monty Rice. Monty Rice. I like that pick. I don't like Pete Warner. That's if I were to take a, a um, if I had a dart and I would throw a dart board and get a linebacker, I want. I do not want Pete Warner. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I Dart roar dartboard analogy but let's say <laughs> yeah. hypothetically you're on the clock and monty you know you need a linebacker monty rice and pete warner on the clock which one are you taking yeah well they're both like who knows they're both not right. like it's a super talented guy so it's a it's a coin flip but you'd probably take monty rice and monty rice went in the third <laughs> and pete warner went in the second i mean that's really that's really what we're getting at right sure <laughs> there's a lot of more options but yes <laughs> and then they I took paulson adebo adebo nailed it okay adebo I no he was a is, so. uh, a six one corner out of stanford and you probably don't know him because he opted out of 2020 like most of the pac 12 players but he is somebody who is uh he's good at getting interceptions he's good at identifying where the ball is going to be, making adjustments. He's a tall guy, and he's also quick. The only thing that he needs is experience because he didn't play much in uh, 2019, and he obviously didn't play in 2020, and then he came out. So only two years of experience for him. Yeah, I, from the little research I've done on him, he's 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 a big, long, lengthy corner. Um he suited more for a zone scheme, but uh, the Saints play more of a heavy man. So, mm-hmm. uh, interesting fit. Uh, third round pick on him. He, he's, he, I don't know. A bit of a reach? Maybe. Maybe it's a little bit of a reach considering it, he doesn't exactly seem to fit in terms of what he has shown he's good at, but I, I don't love this draft, so... Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure I'm going to make so many excuses for him. Agreed. Um, the next Ian book's Book, actually my my least favorite. I was going to say the same. Ian Book is a guy who had as un, undrafted. They took him in the fourth round, and let's hope that for the Saints, he never sees the field. That's a that's a quarterback, by the way. Ian. Book, oh yeah, quarterback out of Notre Dame. And it, he's he has. In terms of arm skill, he's he's undraftable. He's bad. 
in terms of above the shoulder skill, he's probably undraftable. Physical skills, he's he's draftable. Like he's oh, he's got think... he's got the legs to maybe be draftable. Like there there are other quarterbacks in the NFL that don't have as good of running ability as him. Oh, I think that's very generous. I think he's a horrible runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there are other horrible runners in the NFL. Tom Brady doesn't exactly pick up ten yards every you know fifth drop back. Yeah, to say that Ian Book is better than Tom Brady in terms of running ability. No, here's Ian Book's best best trait is that he's a runner and he's a really bad runner. So there you go. Yeah. I think that's really all we need to say is uh, watch the first round of the college football playoffs against Alabama and mm-hmm. tell me which quarterback seems draftable. There you go. Uh, Landon Young, offensive tackle, and then Kawan Baker, receiver. And uh, that, that round out their draft, you wanted to say anything about those two guys? I don't really like this draft, and I don't have anything to say about either of those guys. Although position-wise, I think tackle at in the sixth round is good to draft, and then wide receiver for the Saints, that was their first wide receiver they drafted, and I, I thought that was a position they could have addressed. So um wish they would have taken somebody sooner, but maybe uh, Mr. Baker ends up being somebody who uh, – you know, is a name we recognize. Kawan Baker. Uh, I don't. I don't know who that is. And uh, he was taken in the seventh round in a yeah. draft with hardly anybody in it. So, um, favorite pick for the Saints? Pete Warner. He's an okay. Ohio State grad. Okay, I'm going Paulson Adebo and <laughs> I, Adebo. <laughs> I feel like with very little convincing, I could sway you off to any other person. Oh yeah, you could, except for yeah. Ian Book. Yeah, you want to talk me to Peyton Turner? <laughs> um, sure. The Saints, the Saints had a D minus draft for me. This is this is yeah, reminiscent of F plus Houston. to me. I'm gonna say F plus. Ooh. I just don't like this draft. Can you even do that? Can you give F pluses? Is that a thing? If you can give a D plus, why can't you give an F plus? I don't think you can give an F minus. No, you can't. Do you think you can give an F plus? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It is failing. Failing is failing. So I'll do D minus. What's your lowest test score you've ever gotten? Um, Well, I I have in the past when I was avoiding uh, my parents when I was... So after high school, I went to Florida Gulf Coast for a year to play baseball in college, and I did all right as far as scholastics go. But uh, I then quit baseball and went to college at Daytona State Community College, uh, where your future begins. And Is that their I, slogan? I, I think the first year to two years, I... I honestly just dodged my parents. And so I didn't go to class always. And so I'm sure I've gotten a zero in there. If oh. That's what you're asking. <laughs> well, you. <laughs> I was going to say, my, I think my lowest is probably a 32%. <laughs> like that no means you studying. showed up. So that's, a, yeah, oh, that's yeah. not good. I showed up and I was like, I'll take it. And having no idea what anything was. I'm sure I I've just gotten like actually 
attended a class without full effort and then tried to take an exam at a class that I've attended every class, I, I know I have failed and I know it's been bad. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it would be though. Oh, well that rounds up the South for the NFC. Uh, who's what your favorite your, team? My favorite draft team. Yeah. For, oh. for this, for this, for the tradition. NFC South. Yep. Not the saints. What do, can we uh, recall what our grades were real quick? Yeah. Uh, I don't think the, I loved the Bucks. You gave C minus Falcons. I think you gave us C plus. Panthers C minus and the Saints and F plus. Yeah, so the Falcons were my favorite draft. They were my favorite too. Um, and that's not saying a lot because I didn't like their draft. Yeah, yeah, this whole division really wasn't wasn't that exciting. Yeah, they did butchered we, it. Did we talk about the AFC South? Yeah, we did okay. our favorites. Okay. Yeah, we fought over the Texans and Jaguars being our favorite team. Texans were for sure who we were fighting over. <laughs> uh, you could you could tell that scotch is hit, hitting you <laughs> yeah sorry folks uh, it's an I, I had fun i had fun doing this though yeah job. me too it's a great episode i i don't think you know if i was to rate my favorite teams and least favorite teams yeah these yeah. teams are all like just kind of vanilla they're like I don't oh, really yeah, hate, or I don't really love any of these teams. As as good as the um, the, I think it was the AFC North did. Yeah, the AFC North had a great draft. As good as yeah. the AFC North draft was, the NFC South was the opposite. Just absolutely horrible. Know. The Jacks were decent. You mean no, the NFC, NFC South? South? NFC South. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the NFC South was. Oh. Dreadful. None of those. I didn't like any of those drafts. Mm-hmm. Well, that concludes another episode of Across the Middle. Next week, we're going to cover the East, right, Bob? Is that how these directions work? Guide me. <laughs> North, south, east, then west. You got it. We're going to be covering the East next week. Thanks for joining us. Are we doing an episode next Monday? It's Memorial Day on Monday. <laughs> the, the Across the Middle podcast never rests. <laughs> should we should we get for uh the AFC East? Should we try to get a guest host? Should we get uh I'd love to. I'll I'll uh, put some feelers out there. I mean, we got the Cowboys, we got the the Eagles, Giants, the team that is the football team, and then we got the Bills too, right? Yeah, we have a lot we of We got options. the Pats if you wanted to get uh one of your boys. I'll um I'll ask around. <laughs> All right, Bob. <laughs> This this has been fun. (laughs) I'll see you. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. See ya.